Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This is Central Texas Living with Ann Harder. Hello, I'm Ann Harder. Welcome to Central Texas Living, the podcast. You know, there are people who've had to overcome the worst adversity, and I'm talking about victims of domestic abuse, domestic violence, sexual abuse, sex trafficking, things like that, substance abuse. I mean, hard things. I'd like you to meet Lolita Gilmore. (laughs) My good friend, Lolita, her passion is helping these folks who are overcoming, and uh, you're you founded the uh, Teach Them to Love Outreach Ministry that's located in Colleen. And, yes, I, uh, I mean, you're just a delightful person. You're a retired Army veteran, yeah, right. 21 years. Right, right. Service. But you're also, you have two master's degrees, um, social work and substance abuse counseling, working on a Ph.D. How's that coming? Well, you know what? I changed and went to a doctoral because I wanted to go into seminary. Okay. So it's like everything that we've done with social service and psychology, and it's like God said, okay, what about me? And I was like, I want to do this, and I've been wanting to do it for, I mean, forever. And so I just shut down everything else, and now I'm working on my doctorate of ministry. Very so I'm good. in seminary right now. Okay, and I and I didn't get to that part yet, but you are a minister. <laughs> you are a minister as well of the Word of God, and I want I just want to share this first. It says, and this I found on your website, she lives by the scripture, which states, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's yes, Philippians ma'am. 4, 13. And, and, and what a great scripture mm-hmm. to, to live by. And, and let's talk about the folks that you help through your uh, mm-hmm. counseling services and, and, and teach them to love outreach. Well, when we look at what we're doing right now, and I'm a little distracted here. Okay, so <laughs> what we look at is just that the underserved and the disenfranchised populations that deal with domestic violence, substance abuse, child abuse, sex trafficking, and other family, uh, family dynamics that we don't normally hear about. In our world, everything is perfect. We're living the American dream. But you have a population of individuals who are suffering, I mean, from some treacherous, tumultuous Mm. situations. And so that's the population that we're drawn to because when we look at where we are now, we talk about, we look at the crime rate. 
Right. We, yeah. We look at. I, I know lot, they're concerned in Colleen too. A, a huge concern in Colleen because there's been an uptick, and it's it's just it's frightening. And, and it if is. you're a parent with a kid in school, I mean, it's exactly. Yeah. And so when you think about all of that, and what my passion is, and going is the why. Let's get to the why. Let's get an understanding. And oftentimes, when we do assessments, we find out that there was childhood trauma. That childhood trauma comes in the form of child abuse, yeah. domestic violence, family violence. And we give everything, all these different categories, but at the end of the day, it's family violence. And so when we get to that and we begin to talk with the individuals in school and where we find is that this leads to the gateway of the child welfare system. And so you have the fussing and the fighting and the drinking and everything that's going on. What's happening to the babies along the way? They're going into the CPS system. And as they go into the CPS system, mom has to make a decision. Dad has to make a decision because this is family violence. So now we have shelter services, which is where Teach Them the Love comes in. Mm -hmm. Because with this service that we have, the mother leaves because, hey, this is dangerous. And you have so many who try to stay in the situation. Right. Well, because the husband's the breadwinner. And, I mean, they're economically, they Ex feel like they're tied, exactly. to the, exactly. tied to their problem. Exactly. And so when we look at all of that, that's one of the reasons when we ask the question, and it's such an unfair question that we ask a lot of individuals, especially uh, females, well, why would you stay in a situation? Yeah. And like you just said, I'm staying with them. I'm not staying for me. And they think that I'm staying for the uh, for the sake of my child or the sake of the children and their livelihood because it's better to have them in the home where they have the four-bedroom home, the nice house, and all of the fixings that come along with it, but they're being traumatized every day. Yeah. And so we're thinking, and I say we because it happens to everyone. And so and what we look at, a mother would make the decision to stay in that situation rather than come into the shelter and I had one mother that, you know, at home, they had everything. But I come here and we have peace. Right. How, do you, put, how do you put a price tag <laughs> on peace? How do you peace? put a price on that? Right. If you're, we you're have peace. concerned, you know, or walking on eggshells with that person who's, you mm -hmm. know, got their own issues. And, and, and I know part of what you do has to do with working with kids in breaking this cycle because it's, just a generational thing it too, is. isn't it? It is. It is. It's a generational piece. And it's because when we know better, and you know, that's the only saying, when you know better, you do better. But that's not always the case. Because oh, yeah. I, yeah. yeah. You know? Say, I know I don't like living like this, but then the next thing you know, you're you're doing the same thing. You're doing the same thing yeah. because what? Learn behaviors. Yeah. I'm doing what I've been taught to do. You remember the old, um, it's, it's an old folktale where everybody would come in the house and the uh, grandmother, the mother, the sister, and everybody, they had a ham and they would put the ham in the pan and they would cut the ends of the ham out. And they said, well, why do we, so the daughter asked mom, why do we cut the ends of the ham out? She said, well, we've always done it that way. She said, well, I have no idea why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we've always, well, they asked the grandmother, grandma, why do we cut off the ends of the ham before we put it in the Well, we've always done it that way. So it took the great grandmother to say, oh my God, when we did this, we couldn't afford a bigger pan. And so I cut everything off the end so that it would fit. And it was just something they saw. And here we are, what, the fourth yeah. generation? Yeah. They're still cutting off things. And I say that why it's comical, but this is what we do in the area of trauma 
and domestic violence, family violence, and any other crazy behaviors that we that come along with that. They're learned behaviors. And mm-hmm. so not only are they learned behaviors, behaviors that become normalized, you know, culturally speaking, well, it was okay. Grandpa did it. Granddaddy did it. This is just how, how things are. And so now we feel like, well, that's okay because it becomes a common practice. So there's so many contributing factors when we begin to talk about it. You're like, what are we doing? How do we stop it? It's what we're doing right now, educating. And we Yeah, if you can pinpoint a behavior that's, you know, this is not right, this is something that needs to stop, then you can begin to address it. What got you interested in this line of work? (laughs) Really? (laughs) So what a question. Because this has got to be, I mean, obviously it's a calling. It's a, it's, you know, you, you're a faith-based woman. And so, (laughs) so, and, 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 but it's, it's hard. I mean, this is is hard hard stuff. It's hard. And sometimes you have to just take a break and step back and say, okay, God, um, is it time for me to just move in another direction? And I will tell you each time I would try to move in another direction, pull me right back. And I'm like, but what got me into this, um, Honestly, I have some family dynamics in the past, you know, that we looked at growing up in a household. And while um, I was not in a domestic violence situation with another intimate partner, I saw it in my household. I saw it with my mom and my dad, you know, and so I grew up. And we normalize some things. So I come into the military, right? So I come into the military and I'm seeing things happening. I'm like, okay. And it's when I went into retirement and I begin to work at the family advocacy program. And that is when I'm listening to wives. I'm listening to siblings. And they're talking about these things that are going on. And nobody knows where to go. And who to talk to. Yeah, how to get any help. How to get out of it. Mm. And then the ones that do know, they're afraid because how do we move forward? And because the lack of resources. And you begin to look at the resources. We have one shelter. Mm. And we were talking about. And they do. Well, we have two now with us. But in the beginning at that time, only one shelter in the city of Killeen. And we're out. The number one largest military installation in the free world in the U.S. We have one shelter. Where do you go with that? And so then you begin to look at the other resources, because if you call the police on this, it's got to be physical violence because nobody acknowledges emotional. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, that, and yeah. that certainly is the old sticks and stones. And right, the wor- right. Words exactly. are extremely harmful extremely yeah, harmful. they are that is that's it, not a true thing it's not it's not and i yeah. was like you go back and you're learning so many things now right because it used to be we were looking like i said the sticks and stuff but in the bible and i'm gonna go a little on my faith here it says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of god but all these other things come by hearing okay low mm-hmm. self-esteem worthlessness mm-hmm. comes by hearing when somebody keeps continues to tell you what you're not who you're not you know, or that you're ugly or that you're fat. And you hear all these degrading terms and everything and colorful adjectives being thrown at you. What do you think is happening? Is that going to build your self-confidence? Is that going to build your self-esteem? No. no, it tears it down. And so that's the emotional and psychological aspect of it that we don't see that's not on the piece of paper. That, you know, what if I go and get a few stitches? That doesn't heal. 
And so how did I get into that? Because I sat across from that desk and client after client, and I'm listening to this and I was like, oh my God. You know, somebody's got to do something. And, you know, and I always tell a little tale, you know, you got the little, the two two angels, the left <laughs> and the right. Yeah. <laughs> <You see? laughs> the little devil on one okay, side. <laughs> and so, okay, so what are you going to do about it? And it was like, on the other right. side, on the right side, well, you can do something about it. Yeah. And I begin to talk to other people and say, we got to do something. Mm-hmm. And that's when we got, and we got we to teach them that this isn't right. You know, and that's how we came up with teach them to love. And that's how we started the ministry aspect. And uh, Initially, it was just advocacy. And, right. You know, just so, helping. Just helping. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Just talking, saying, hey, listen, mm-hmm. girl, you don't have to stay in this. You know, right. we can get this. We can get that we done. We can find you help. We can yeah. find you help. Mm-hmm. But then it got to be to the point where we're finding help. And guess what? Where do you go after you get the help? Where right. do you go after you do the protective order? Where do you go? Now, if you, you don't have a family member, you can go. Exactly. Go so what happens then? then? Or if you tell me, well, relocate to another state, and they're like, Everything I know is here. Right. You know, so why do I have to go outside the state? Why do I have to go outside the city? Mm-hmm. And so then at that point, so we started the um, the services in 2014. It was in 2017 that we actually opened up the shelter. And so, and I will tell you, we've been going full swing ever since. And you would like to say, well, you know what? We're barely open and we don't have a whole lot of clients. That would be a highlight. But the truth of the matter is, no, you have more than you can honestly serve, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and which brings us to why we're doing the Shades of Purple. When we get into this, this is our annual campaign. Mm-hmm. This is the one time that we raise money and we continue to do the services. And not only that, it's not about the annual campaign. It's about having the opportunity, those same individuals that have come through those doors, they get an opportunity to be celebrated. And some of the individuals never come through the doors, but they receive the outreach services or somebody says, you know what? I know a girl or a gal that this happened and I think you ought to talk with her. And so you got people hitting me up in messenger. I want to tell you my story. And we were like, how do we start telling the story? (laughs) You know, how do we do this? Yeah. And that's how it all got started. Yeah. You're talking the shades of purple, which is a gala. It's an event. It is. Uh, October 23rd. October 23rd, 2021. Yes, and uh, how many years ago was it I came to uh, Shades of Purple? You did it's our been a second f- annual Shades of Purple. So that was two years it ago. It was two years ago. Right, right. Yes, and uh, I was so honored to be a part of a part of that event because, you know, it's it's about it's about domestic violence and horrible, really awful things that people go through. Yes, ma'am. But it was such a celebration. It, it was, was such a party. It was it was one of the most fun things I've been to, which sounds kind of weird in a way. But but because we celebrated people who came out of really dire situations, and you know we always think about women being yeah. victimized. But there were at least two men. There were two males there, right? Yeah, and one was what a preacher. Yes. As yes. I recall. Yes, Chaplain Benson. And, you know, and he gave his story. And his story, it still haunts me to this day because he came out of the situation. And I like telling his story. And I like telling the story because quite often um, we have males that would never tell their story. Oh, I'm sure. You know. Well, even they, to come to you for help. Exactly. You know, but but women can certainly be the aggressor and, and mm-hmm. the abuser. Mm-hmm. And in his case, mm-hmm. she was the she abuser. Was, she was yeah. the aggressor. She too had been abused, you know. And so when she got with him, any little thing that he said, she had trust issues. And mm-hmm. those trust issues began to magnify. 
She became paranoid. He's doing this. He's doing that. And, you know, and he was like, she told him one night, I'm going to kill you. Yeah. And so. And, and if we, somebody says that, believe Believe him. it. Yeah. Believe, believe him. But he dismissed it until he got a phone call two nights later to say that his sister had been killed by her oh husband. He said at that point, his whole world shifted. And the next time she told him that I'm going to, he said, no, I'll see you in a few minutes. And he left the house and he never went back in there. Oh my. Yeah. yeah. So he did leave. And so, but he had to because he realized that this was serious mm-hmm. and it was very serious. Mm-hmm. And so, and like you said, when somebody tells you that that's what, believe them. Yeah. Because yeah. they mean that. Who says they're in their right mind? That Not to somebody that you love. Not to someone that you care about. Yeah. You know, you may be like, I, you, you know what? I'm really upset with you right about yeah. that. But not that I'm going to kill you. Oh, heavens yeah. no. <laughs> you know, heavens that's a strong no. statement. <laughs> You're like, that's kind of final. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. Like, well, oh you've God. got a, a lot of stories, and we've got more to talk about because you've even written a book. We will come back with Lolita Gilmore right after this break. Yay! <laughs> hey, I'm April. Hey, I'm Caroline, and this is Bloody Happy Hour. Your newest true crime comedy podcast. So grab your favorite drink and join us every week for Thirsty Thursday. We promise to tell you the bloodiest stories and give you a laugh in between. Go find us, follow us, and subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts. Because guess what? We're about to be sipping on some murder. This is Mandy and the F-Bomb, where we shed light on stories and invite you to find your place and purpose in the world of foster care. Through my involvement with families involved in foster care and being a foster mom myself, I've learned that it's the things that wreck us the most profoundly that can stitch us back together into the best purpose-filled versions of ourselves. Tune in to Mandy and the F-Bomb. It's stories that invite you in to find your place and purpose in the world of foster care. You can find us anywhere you get podcasts or at roguemedianetwork.com. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a thing. Looking for something a little more approachable and less polished about childbirth? There's a lot of really good podcasts and YouTube channels, books, and articles on this topic. So what's the angle? My name is Micah Burgess, and I've been a birth doula for over 20 years. What's a birth doula? I'm basically a childbirth labor coach, but more on that later. I'm also a mom of six. That's right, six kids. Now, before you ooh and ah because I just flashed the number six, can I just say, you don't even know if I fed them today. I mean, Mike. Mike's my producer. People automatically assume I'm a great mom because I birthed six children. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, moving I don't, on. I, it, it's a really good point, honestly. <laughs> and I'd never thought about the fact that you didn't feed them today. That's great. Right. Yeah. I have six kids. That's all you know. That's literally I, all you I'd know. I'd like to clarify that it's not great if you didn't feed them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's so true. That's so true. So as I was thinking about this trailer for the podcast, 
I decided to go ahead and listen to some of the examples of other trailers for different podcasts. Unfortunately, I do not have an amazing accent that will hypnotize you so that you don't actually care what comes out of my mouth. Agreed. Right? So this trailer needs to give you a good sense of what this podcast will be like. Okay, so let's talk about the title. Game day is referring to the actual day the mom is giving birth. I use this term often in my book. Hey, Mike, I wrote a book during quarantine. What's the name of that book? The Humor in Birth, Stories and Insights from a Doula. And we're going to use that as a guide for the podcast, interviewing different people and stories that are in the book. And so I'm excited about that. Now, when you hear game day, you might also be thinking like sports show, but this is not a sports show. It's about birds, not balls. And this is a play on words, so you can make the balls be whatever you want. I'm just saying. So here's what I know about birth. It's amazing, monumental, hard, messy, traumatic, and life-changing. And these are the things you typically hear about. All the different options, the education preparation, maybe what went wrong or the nurse you didn't like. There's also bad experiences, trauma, and yes, loss. These are all things that need to be talked about and shared. What I want to highlight is an aspect of birth rarely talked about. The humor, enjoyment, the giggles, amusement, candor. I mean, these are unfiltered women, y'all, with some fabulous one-liners. So as my client, Sherry, is now pushing for hour number two, she says, Howard, you're getting fixed. What about the hilarious things family members do during birth? My sister-in-law is focused and breathing through a very difficult contraction. And my brother, Burrito Breath, is all up in her grill. <laughs> is that his God-given name? Yeah, Burrito Breath. That's what we call him. Don't do that. People don't, don't eat in labor and then breathe on your person. Don't do that. What about my embarrassing blunders, Mike? At the end of one of the births I attended, I was congratulating my client. Oh, my goodness, Rebecca, you were so amazing. So proud of you. Congratulations. And she's like, thank you. My name is Cecilia. Ooh. Seriously? Like I just called you the wrong name a hundred million times during your birth. Okay, I probably shouldn't get paid for that one, y'all. The lighthearted atmosphere can be positive and powerful. When the room is not heavy, it can remind the laboring mom that she's okay. She's normal. Birth is normal. And this can strengthen her mentally. That's what I do. I help women during childbirth, help them manage contractions through breathing and different a big bag of tricks that I got. Uh, give them mental and emotional support so that they can have a positive birth experience. When we embrace these light-hearted moments, they become special memories. And the more we share the memories, the more positive the birth becomes. And that's what we're going to do on this podcast. We're going to share these light-hearted, positive moments and these stories and these amazing people that I get to work with in births. I'm going to share my own birth stories. We're going to have different people that we're interviewing. And I'm super excited about that. So join me using any of the podcast platforms or roguemedianetwork.com. Subscribe so you don't miss any episodes of Game Day, Birds Not Balls. You can also follow me at my doula Micah and check out my website, wakodoula.com. That was really good, honestly. Yeah? You did a really good job. Cool. Yeah. Most people don't do it that well the first time through.
And we are back with Lolita Gilmore, who is the executive director and creator, founder of Teach Them to Love Outreach Ministry and Shades of Purple Gala, which will be on October 23rd, 2021. Mm -hmm. Uh, You do this every year. It is a primary fundraiser for the work that you do, helping domestic violence survivors and uh, those who, who find themselves in just perfectly dreadful situations. Yes, exactly. So when we talk about the um, Shades of Purple, when you look at that, what is it? And someone asked the other day, where did you come up with the, the term idea. The Shades? <laughs> the yeah. Shades of Purple. Yeah. We've heard of Shades of Grey and all that <laughs> right. kind of stuff. <laughs> right. Not like, related to that. that. <laughs> <laughs> totally different. And so with Shades of Purple, because purple being the color that we utilize for um, domestic violence, Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Okay. It's also the color when something is deep and dark, when we start talking about what's going on and emotions. And they said, you know, when we get to the darker emotions, you know, it's black, purple in that area. So when you begin to talk about the shades of purple, you were like, what's your shade? Where are you in this journey? You know, mm-hmm. where's your healing process? Yeah, are you lilac? I get, yeah. <laughs> are you, you know, lavender? Were you lavender, <laughs> lilac? What's going on? Yeah. And so that's when we say the shades of purple, because you have some, like one young lady, she, she said, well, I really want to wear pink. I said, you want to wear pink? She said, yeah, that pinkish rose fuchsia. I said, then wear that. Yeah. Because that's where you are right now. I'm not even in the the purple family. I've just exceeded that. I've graduated. I'm doing some things. Mm -hmm. And so that's where the shades come in. What's your shade? Where's your healing process? Are you at a stuck point? You know, are are we, have we, have we surpassed purple? Are we deep in the black area? Yeah. Where are we? Indigo, really. Yeah, the indigo. Deep, exactly. Those deep colors. Those deep colors. Yeah. Well, you know, I, it's funny. I think about a bruise. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> as the shades of purple and as it, you know, exactly. heals and it even kind of gets green. <laughs> so yeah, right. Might, so, right. well, I don't know. That's kind of no, what no, I no, thought that's, of. That's beautiful. Because, because sadly, you know, many of these victims have been physically assaulted. I mean, they have, yeah. they have suffered those bruises and... And cuts and abrasions. And they have. Yeah. And so when you look at the bruising, look at the different shades, the color, Mm -hmm. the coloration or the discoloration Mm -hmm. that comes along with that. And you're like, but we know when it begins to heal, when the healing process is taking place, because what's happening, it gets brighter and it comes back to the normal skin tone. Then it's the normal color. Yeah. And so that's when the shades of purple. And so when we got that and there was so many shades of different women. Mm-hmm. you know, and, um, demographics men. and men, yeah, you know, men too. and so, and, 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 and it is not, there's no prejudice in this and not in this field, not mm-hmm. in this dynamic because it affects everybody. There is, right. You know, everyone is affected and by every it. socioeconomic, it, every, it doesn't matter. Rich, yeah, poor, that, that does mm-hmm. not matter. Mm-hmm. And so when you look at that, that's what a shades of purple comes in and says, you know what? We embrace everyone. You know, this is an opportunity to come in and your story where others have made you to be embarrassed or ashamed of what has happened, we can celebrate this. Yeah, this and is, you do. Yeah. I mean, it, it truly is. I have to say, it was it, it's surprising when you think about the subject matter as, you know, and what folks have gone through. Um, but that's what I love about this podcast because I, I love talking to people mm-hmm. who see a need, 
you know, and often it's the Lord that's telling them, you need to do something about that. And I, I mean, I can't imagine you when you were in the army, you would imagine that you would be doing what you're doing now. Right. And that you oh would have God, the ministry no. <laughs> that you have, you know, really. Yeah. And that's that's what's kind of fun about it. <laughs> it is. Walk, it this is. walk, this journey. This walk, this journey. Because, you know, so many says, you're in the military. Yeah, I went into the military and it yeah, was Yeah, why like, did you do that? Okay, so I was a little knucklehead. <laughs> really, I was I was a little knucklehead. And what was happening with that, um, I got into some trouble. So it was like, oh. you know, I want to be like everybody else. And so you know what? I just came in because I was serving God and country and this and that. No, I got in a little trouble. So I got in a little trouble. And so my dad, he's talking to him, and he was like, yay, kiddo, what, what are we going to do here? But this goes back when you have to understand the childhood trauma. And that anger and what's going on, because I was just angry at the world. And so the military came about with, I got in some trouble. And he says, um, if you keep going along this path right here, it's not going to be very good. And I was like, but I was hanging out with my friends, doing some God awful stuff. And you were like, what teenagers do? And like, we were getting in trouble and all of that. And so when I got into, when I got into trouble, big trouble, I said, you have a choice. And so what's that choice? You got to find something to do. And so, and he got me and he took me down to the recruiting station. Really? And I was like, I, I'm not. So did you have military folks in your family? My dad's uh, retired okay. military. Uh, so he Army. knew the value knew of that structure. The and... entire family. My uncle's retired from oh, the Navy, okay. everybody. And yeah. they were like, not this route. No, ma'am. We're going, what are we going to do? So I'm sitting there looking at them. I guess I have a choice. I'm going to go down here to the recruiting station. And so, and I did. Mm-hmm. And um, and and um, in 30 days, I was at Fort Jackson boot camp. <laughs> yeah, boot you know, camp. yeah, boot camp. And so I, I always thank my pops for that. That I was like, you know what? Yeah. This right here was, he was like, we're not going to do this. You yeah. are not going to do this. You're going to have to find a better way of handling this. And so you made it a career. It uh, was 21 a career. years, yeah. It, it mm-hmm. was 21 years. Yeah. 21 years. And, um, and I, I would have done longer, but... It, Deployments. The deployments became rapid. Yeah, you know, I, I, I think you were in tours. A, um, Iraq. Uh-huh. Uh, yes, you, ma'am. You did serve in Iraq. I did. What was that I experience like? Ooh, that was an experience. It was scary, but it was very fruitful at the same time. And I say that because you never know how much courage or stamina or resilience is within until you're faced with it all. Mm-hmm. You know, and so your thing becomes that, you know what, I'm going to get back home. And if I'm going to get back home, I'm going to have to get my head in the game. And I'm going to have to realize that my faith right about now (laughs) is going to have to get me through this and get me out of this. And so it was scary, but it was um, it was a time that was needed for our country and where we were and what we were doing. Sure, yeah. And it served its purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I lost a nephew, you know, mm-hmm. over there. Had to escort him back home. And that was in July 07. So, you know, all these things are fairly recent. Mm-hmm. And you're like, but we served God and country. Yeah. And now when we come home after retirement, now you go and you go serve the community. And you do that passion, those things that you never knew that you, why, why do I feel this way? Why, why, why do I want to talk to individuals about substance abuse and understanding? Because in growing up, substance abuse was a huge reason. A lot of the domestic violence would take place in the it's child abuse. All in the inter- home. Yeah, it's all interlocked. It's all it interlocked. All, now yes, you've ma'am. written a book and this was in 2016, A Simple mm-hmm. Leaf. Tell me about your book. 
Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> a simple leaf talks about myself and my four siblings. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about, and the main character in that book is um, Janky. And Janky discussed what my grandmother used to call me, Jinx. And she used to say that to me because no matter when she would go play bingo or cars or whatever, if I was there, she said, you jinx me every time. Oh, so that really? was kind of like my, my nickname. But well, anyway, long that story short, that was like, oh, maybe she That doesn't help your self-esteem, And what she started saying was like, well, maybe I shouldn't be coming. But that's, that was just she and I. That was our little um, yeah. conversations we would have. <laughs> but after writing that book, it tells about giving you a bird's eye view of what child abuse really looks like through the eyes of the child. Yeah, and why the family is thinking, what well, it's just mom and dad having um, this conversation or this heated argument. But in the midst of that, that heated argument, you hear some colorful adjectives and some some situations that you're like, ooh, they're talking about us? And so all of that comes into play. And so, and we also understand what mental health happens in the family unit and how that contributes largely to when we start talking about um, family violence. Mm-hmm. Because what we're looking at and we're thinking, well, that's just a substance abuse issue or that person is just hard to get along with. No, that person was really seriously dealing with mental illness. And so that's what the book begins to color all of that and outline and expound on it as to say, this is not it's not black and white. You know, this is there. There's some areas to all of it. And if we don't take the time to get an understanding of where it developed from Mm -hmm. and where it started, then we're never going to fix it. And so what happened with my mom and her, that mental health issue, her mental health issues. And so and and a lot of people think, well, was it the dad that was abusive? No, it was the mother. Mm. But it was because of mental health. Right. And so and the things that was happening in that. And after going through all of that, then now the dad has to figure out where do we go from here? What do we do from here? So that's what the book is really all about. It paints a really colorful picture of what child abuse looks like, family violence looks like through the eyes of the children. Mm-hmm. And that's available on Amazon. That a is available. Simple, yes, a simple leaf. Yes. Um, your Shades of Purple mm-hmm. Gala. Uh, just a few days from when this uh, podcast <laughs> drops, uh, yes. but it's not too late. You could it's, you have a website folks could go to to get more information. We have a website. That. You can go to t3loutreach.org to our website and hit the donation button, or you can go on PayPal, t3l slash me, and um, that you can get your tickets there, or you can go to Facebook, to our Facebook page, yeah. Teach Them to Love um, Outreach, and you'll see right there because we've created an event. So go on Facebook and look for the event, and you can even get your tickets there. Or you can call me, 254-781-9900, and I will drop them off to you. So there's so many ways that we can do this because we, we always get um, huge community support, and I love that. I love that because um, and and the last one year you have the mayor of Nolanville, you have the mayor. Oh Colleen. yeah, you know they come out because beautifully attended. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is, and it's because everybody understands the more awareness and the more we talk about it, we want to normalize the healing piece of it. That's right. what we want to normalize. Right. Oh not, yeah. Okay. Not, not the, the abuse. <laughs> not the abuse. Yeah. So the more we talk about it, the more we celebrate the healing aspect of it. That's our hope. Mm-hmm. The more individuals will come along and say, you know what? You don't have to be ashamed to talk about that. Yeah. 
you know mm-hmm. you know well so, it yeah. is it is a delight always to have lolita i like to end these visits though with a questionnaire mm-hmm. it's similar to the one the late great james lipton used on inside the actor's studio and it's kind of my little take on it okay. what is your favorite word what's my favorite word my favorite word is honestly uh love yeah it is yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> what's your least favorite word my least favorite word is uh, bitter Hmm. It, it really is. Yeah, bitterness can really come out of, <laughs> out of all that. Okay, so what turns you on creatively, emotionally, or spiritually? I honestly, I've always been a sucker for the underdog. Yeah. You know, if I see somebody homeless or without, that just pulls on my heartstrings. And I don't want to see anybody suffering. You know, so that's that's it for me. And I will. Oh, my God. I've had so many individuals when we were living on the East Coast up in Philly. I would go on the street and I'm talking. They're like, you just can't go up and talk to, you know, this person. I said, yeah, you can. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you can. What are you going to do? Yeah, you can. So I just don't like to see individuals suffering. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Then what turns you off creatively or spiritually or emotionally? What turns me off is um, the judgmental aspects that we see and I, I want to put this in a, in a very nice way a healthy way when we minimize what individuals are going through we minimize their hurt oh. we minimize their problems we minimize their issues and you know and we like everybody is going not it's not a one shoe or one size fits all for everyone everyone should be addressed at where their level of healing their level of hurt and you see that quite a bit where we minimize so much. We don't listen. And I think if we would listen to people more, we'll get a good, a good understanding of what we're dealing with, even with our children. Mm-hmm. You have so many, you know, I've had my, my, my um, they're out of the house now. And they were like, you know what? The one thing we love is that you would always stop and say when they would act out, like, hold on, what is really going on here? Right. Yeah, because there's there's a motivation for, yeah. for what's happening here. What sound do you love the most? Okay, I'm a little goofy, but the ocean. If you can sit there and I have, oh, my God, I have this app and I can literally go to sleep <laughs> with listening to the, I'm sitting yeah, You're not the, the first one of my guests who's... <laughs> Who've said the ocean you know, waves, because, certainly. Yeah, yeah. I, I love the ocean waves. I, I really do. And it's soothing. And after what I deal with all day, that's my way of just yeah, laying it down Yeah, you have to have night. that release. Yeah. You do. You absolutely do. Well, then what is your least favorite sound? <laughs> because I'm a crazy driver when somebody, rah, 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 and I'm honking that horn. <laughs> okay. All right. And so that's yeah. my least favorite. Don't blow at me. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Traffic chaos. <laughs> All right, what other profession would you have liked to try? Honestly, um, um, the ju- judicial system. Really? And law. And I, I, because of dealing with everything that we're <laughs> dealing with now, yeah. I, I honestly believe had I had that background, some of the things that we've had to encounter and some of the obstacles that we've encountered along the way we would have known how to go around that, mm. you know, and true that we have individuals to help us with that now. But that is one area that I was like, if I had, I don't have any regrets, but if there were one, that would be it that I didn't really pursue and go into that field. Hmm. Well, then what mm. profession do you know you would not want to do? 
Mm, let me see law enforcement. <laughs> <laughs> law enforcement. I hats off to you guys, but uh, no. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we need them for yeah, sure. But do. yeah, it's a calling. It is. As, it's as a calling. Well. It I is. Think the Waco police chief, uh, Cheryl Victorian, you know, she she was she was called to that. She's she's got a great story. Oh, I love them, but know? I yeah. just wouldn't yeah. <laughs> right. All right. Finally, yes, what do you want to hear God say when you arrive at those pearly gates? Well done, girl. That's what I want to hear him say, you know, well done. And I'm like, I live my life with no regrets. If I see it, I'm going after it. And as um, long as I know I'm being led, I feel him nudging on the shoulder. And so, yeah, so well done. Well done. That's what well. I want to hear. Well done. I will say from my aspect here as uh, we, we thank Lolia Gilmore for coming to be with us. And again, Shades of Purple Gala, you can uh, find that on Facebook. And yes, you have you a website as well, Teach Them to Love. Right. Outreach Ministries, you can find it easily. And, you can just yeah. Google it. It comes right up. Or go to T3Loutreach.org. Go to Facebook, Teach Them to Love. And like I said, me, Lolita, hit me up on Messenger or just call me. Yeah, you've yeah. got you got help for folks, and that's just amazing. And I thank you for your service. Oh, thank you. I love you. <laughs> I love you too. We're just having a love fest. Yes, yes, love yes, you yes, as well. Yes. Thanks for watching. This is Central Texas Living with Ann Harder.